When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? Mr. Shaka Cummings, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, welcome to F in Sports. The podcast with two teachers, great sports, biggest issues. Mr. Ainsworth, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Ready to learn something about hockey. I guess that just started. <laughs> right? so it's about to start or whatever that is. So I'm ready to go. Absolutely. Mr. Ainsworth giving away the spoilers. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, We will have a special guest, Ryan McCarthy, who'll be talking us through the hockey playoffs. But before we get there, Mr. Ainsworth, we have to do our gold stars and detentions and... It's Hall of Fame weekend in the NBA, and I know you got some gold stars around the Hall of Fame, sir. <laughs> Completely. Um, my well, I guess the first gold star I want to give out is actually about yesterday's Hall of Fame ceremony. Which gold star, Vanessa Bryant? Um, that was that is so hard. What she did, what she did was so hard. She did it flawlessly. Uh, it frankly sounded a lot like the kinds of things Kobe Bryant would say. But you know, if you cannot have Kobe Bryant there to present him to talk about himself. Uh, it, it was a great, 
great speech. Uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers away because I want people to go look this up. Um, but just talking about Kobe in a way Kobe would have appreciated. It was very, very cool. It was also cool to see his daughter wear his Hall of Fame jacket. Like, that's awesome yeah. as well. Like, I mean, um, the tragedy that is Kobe Bryant and helicopter crashes and Gigi and all this stuff. Yesterday, there's definitely a tinge of sadness around the entirety of the ceremony. Um, and with that tinge of sadness, with COVID, with everything, it felt like it was handled as well as it could possibly be handled. And so, yeah, absolutely. I echo that gold star to everyone who was involved. Now, Mr. Ainsworth, I know you got more Hall of Fame gold stars. I'm going to let you go on a little run here. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a world record run, but I'll let you go on a little <laughs> run. Yeah, no, my, my other gold star is as we're recording on a Sunday morning, the uh, 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame class was just announced. And this is the much more traditional timing of this right is that the class gets announced and then that we do something for them later in the year the 2021 got pushed back with all of covid stuff but the 2021 class includes paul pierce chris bosh chris weber and ben wallace uh coaches rick adelman and jay wright and from the WNBA, they're pulling in yolanda griffith and lauren jackson uh, all very very deserving people but i think you and i both sit here and go Oh, man, so Ben Wallace is officially a Hall of Famer. That question's <laughs> over now, right? Yeah, I mean, and so that was the thing I was going to ask. Was saying, is there anyone who kind of stands out to you as, huh? Now, I would say, based on Paul Pierce's career, like, listen, the last couple of weeks notwithstanding, um, <laughs> Paul Paul Pierce's career, he's, he's a no-brainer. Now, we actually have the conversation, I believe, check the catalog of podcasts, about Chris Bosh. And his Hall of Fame candidacy, Ben Wallace might have come up back then, too. We've been doing this for so long that I forget all the things we've said. Like, But those guys might have both come up. And then, of course, Chris Webber as well. Um, I personally feel like you cannot tell the story of basketball without Chris Webber. And that includes his time with the Fab Five as well as his NBA career. So I feel like he's a no-brainer. He definitely should be in. Um, but Ben Wallace is interesting because Ben Wallace... Like, that might be a signal for Draymond Green and what Draymond Green could be in terms of his Hall of Fame candidacy. And I, another guy like Dwight Howard, who people seem to not want to be in, who has almost as many Defensive Player of the Year awards. Right. So, Ben Wallace has four Defensive Player of the Year awards and five-time All-Defense. He had a really, really high peak, and it was very, like, if you're looking at his career arc, it's very skinny, right? Um, but... To be fair, like that is the most defense player of the year award team to come in Tumbo both. Dwight Howard has three, and his three are consecutive, and that's the second most. And so I think that, that if we're looking at like comparing guys to try and see how they fit in, and you're talking about telling the story of basketball, if we're going to value d defense that much, I think that pulls a Dwight Howard in. I think even if you were going to call Draymond and Ben Wallace somewhat comparable defenders, right? Because some people would argue the versatility of Draymond is more important than the dominance of Ben or whatever. Some people um, by the name of Shaka Cummings. We can break that down. But the, I think the interesting thing there is that even if you want to call them just comparable and leave it that to like not argue and get a tizzy on Sunday, God's day, I will say that <laughs> offensively Draymond blows Ben Wallace out of the water, right? He's trying to point forward. He can do all kinds of different things. He understands the game at a very different level on that side. Brilliant basketball player on offense, even if he's not a great shooter. And he's got the rings. And, like, there's so many, like, this, to me, cements Draymond Green. And that discussion on Twitter is now over, right? Draymond Green is definitely one. And I think we start looking at, like, what other defenders of the last 15 years that have found ways to dominate on that type of ball <laughs> in a very otherwise <laughs> offensive game, right? Who else could get in? 
Oh, you know who else is getting in. Speaking <laughs> of the God's Day, wait until St. Rudy wins the Defensive Player of the Year award again this year. <laughs> he's get he's going to the Hall of Fame, Mr. Ainsworth, if he wins the Defensive well, Player of the Year award this year. I was about to say that would be his third, right? Because Giannis won it last year. Third and four years, that'd be a really, really solid outcome. I, I And again, it, it, it would be hard to tell the story of the last five years of basketball and not mention Rudy Gobert's name. For any number of reasons, um, but, but his defense is certainly one of them. His defense isn't even the reason. His defense isn't even the reason. Not um, even this... the reason. It's a reason, but not the reason. Okay, um, let me stop laughing. Mr. Ainsworth, um, my first gold star. The WNBA opens on Friday night. We get... The New York Liberty versus the Indiana Fever. New York's dominating that game, by the way. Sabrina Inescu is on her way to setting the franchise record for assists in the game. She has 11 assists through the third quarter. The, the record's 14. Teaspoon's got that record, right? And so I'm like, okay, we're going to blow these girls out. And the game gets close. Indiana, it, it's a tie game with five seconds left. That ball was in Serena Inescu's hands with .4 seconds left. And clutch draining of a three. Sabrina Inescu, 25 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. The New York Liberty are undefeated. We got Indiana again today, I believe uh, a little bit later this afternoon. So I'll definitely be checking that out. But gold star, Sabrina Inescu. In the full games that she's played, Mr. Ainsworth, she's got nuts numbers. Now, the problem is, is that she's only played three full games. So we got to get her. <laughs> we got we to gotta keep her on the court. But wait until the Liberty actually get back all of their players because Natasha Howard is still in Italy, Kia Stokes, Rebecca Allen. When we get our squad back from their overseas stints, like New York might be something. I know that they're young, but they got that key piece in Sabrina Inescu. So go start to Sabrina. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, do you want to talk a little bit more about Sabrina? Because I'm open to that. Or do you oh, want to move on to your next gold star? No, I do love Sabrina. Watching that was fun. I will say that it's fun to watch her play because she seems to do things a little bit differently than a young basketball player would in those kinds of situations. I mean, like for all intents and purposes, is a rookie, right? She played just two games last year. And how many rookies get that play drawn up for them in that moment? I mean, it was, the whole play was set up to get her off of the double screen pistol action, right? And it was it was cool setup if you're next to those guy, but really just on a different level, like what other rookies get that like assignment? Like, hey, you're gonna take the game winner right now. No, that like there's no other semblance of a play. It's to get her a shot. I remember Kobe Bryant airballing shots in his first playoff. Like even he didn't get that. You know what I mean? So like for right. Sabrina to get it is nuts. Um, Mr. Ainsworth, how about your next gold star, sir? Well, if you're gonna give yours to New York, I'm gonna hand mine to the Houston Astros. Um. For <laughs> for furnishing apartments and homes to minor league players at all levels through the 2022 season. Why would you um, do that? Why would you wait until I booed to give this? Like, okay, Lisa, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he, he, uh, I didn't know that that's what the Gold Star was going to be, Mr. Ainsworth. I thought it was going to be, like, game-related. No, They're helping no, people. No, no, no. This, this is off the field. And I, I think the deal here is that it's extending a helping hand out to all these minor leaguers because – we know as two teachers that like look this stuff up and like enjoy statistics, like 2020 and 2021 are hitting people in the pocket hard. Uh, minor league players are not immune to that. Many of these guys have off-season jobs at the lower levels of the minors, right? Like this is a low-paying gig, and they're saying, "Hey, we'll find you a place to live. 
we're, we're the ones asking you to live at all these random places all over the country in our my league system <laughs> like we'll find you a place to live you can spend the money on just the groceries and just like living like we'll, we can take care of that and so uh, gold star the houston astros for that team with a lot of bad pub that was a good moment huh <laughs> no yeah yeah it was a good you're a jerk um <laughs> uh, my next my next gold star goes to aaron judge um big weekend against the o's so Aaron Judge hits two home runs on Friday. He hits another two-run home run yesterday. He is killing it. He's got 11 home runs on the season. The Yankees, slow start. All of a sudden, 22-17. and 17, They're only two games behind Boston. Shh. Don't nobody say anything about the evil empire. We are sneaking up, and Aaron Judge is Darth friggin' Vader. So shout out to Aaron Judge, <laughs> gold star. I'm going to give... Last gold star to Bill Worrell, uh, of the He's the Houston Rockets play-by-play guy. His last home game was on, I believe that was Friday night against the LA Clippers. The Rockets ended up winning a game for him too, which is a rarity this year. But I will say that uh, Bill Worrell signed off asking people, you know, stick with the team. They're coming back. Da, da, da. Worrell has been the voice of the Houston Rockets at home since 1980. Uh, that's 41 years, do, or 41 seasons doing Houston Rockets games. That's Every Rockets game I've ever seen at a local broadcast level would have been called by Bill Worrell. And to be firm, when he says the Houston Rockets will be back, in that 41-year span, there are just, I guess this will be the eighth season that the Houston Rockets don't have a winning record, right? So that's pretty strong, <laughs> pretty strong set of basketball for him to be in charge of. He also did some stuff with the Astros and stuff around Houston in the middle of that, but he was the Rockets play-by-play guy the entire time. Um, and so shout out to Bill Worrell for a great career uh, on it. That's on a serious note. My last goal star on a more joking note is whoever is Blake Griffin's shoe guy. Because oh, he hey, wore- <laughs> McLovin shoes are dope, yo. Those McLovin Jordan 35s that were like, there was a like blue and white rainbow hood, but then on the tongue they had the McLovin ID looking design. Anyway, shout out to whoever gets those designed. And can we get those sold, Jumpman? We're asking, this is another thing we've seen. <laughs> I wanted the robe a couple weeks ago. Like, can we get these sold? Uh, the McGriffins, right? I think I saw that on Twitter, so that'd be awesome. My final gold star goes to the New York Knicks because my basketball team is great. And all we got to do is beat Boston, and we're the four seed. We are not going to be in a play-in. Like, the worst-case scenario is that we're a six seed, and we got to deal with Milwaukee in the first round, which would not be so hot. But listen, we've been so bad that – this season, for me, it feels like it kind of came from out of nowhere. I did not expect this. You can actually go check what I wrote for Belly Up. I actually said that Tom Thibodeau was going to be the coach who most regretted kind of picking his job. Because if you remember, Mr. Ainsworth, he picked his job and then, like, Indiana comes open. Like, these other gigs that could have just been a little bit better. Oklahoma City came open after the fact. So, shout out to Tibbs. You know, I, he could be coach of the year. I think that that's going to go to Monty Williams, former Nick. Um, but Julius Randle feels like most improved player at this point. The Knicks beat Boston today, and then we're a four seed. We'd be hosting probably Atlanta, maybe someone else. But shout out to the Knicks. Great season. Let's get this last win. Mr. Ainsworth, detentions. <laughs> I'm going to detention Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert is the trainer for Medina Spirit. If you are unaware, Medina Spirit failed the drug test post-Kentucky Derby. And here's the thing, Mr. Ainsworth. When I look at the details of this story, there's some pieces that you could actually ask some genuine questions about. Like 21 picograms of a banned substance was found in this horse's urine. 21 picograms is a minuscule amount of that banned substance. So how much did it impact the horse winning? We can ask those questions. Uh, Medina Spirit finished third in the Preakness yesterday. My deal is Bob Baffert. 
And his initial response was kind of this scorched earth where you're trying to cancel my horse. Like, <laughs> if you are going to go in that direction, you deserve every bit of criticism that you get. Right. Because what you're trying to do is politicize something that doesn't need to be politicized. What you should have done is acknowledge that this is a black eye for the sport. Acknowledge your own personal disappointment. Say, hey, let's wait until all the investigative pieces come out and then you could respond. But instead, you talked, then thought. And it's funny because after he got criticism, he said, you know what? I'm going to actually stop talking because nothing good comes from me speaking. And it's like, dude, let that be your default setting. Just shut up, right? This is the Houston right. Astros all over again. Just be quiet. And eventually, you could be proven to be right. But you going off on this rant and being on Fox News and stuff, dude, you, you're you an idiot. I'm happy Churchill Downs banned you because this is not your first rodeo in terms of drug suspensions in the sport, in a sport that's been tarnished over the last few years, a sport of my youth. My, I, I think I've said this. My my father, degenerate gambler, loved the horses. Like, I, people like this getting tossed out of sport, I'm fine with. So detention, Bob Baffert, just shut up. Well, just shut up. And, like, if they detect anything in your horse's testing after the fact, your horse does not have the autonomy to pick what they're eating. <laughs> the it's not like you're a coach of a sports team. You're like, no, there's no way. And like, I could, I would have known if. No, like, you're. What the is that one horse doing? It. I mean, that horse is off on its own at night. I have no idea what that <laughs> yeah. horse is doing. That horse yeah, goes out to the clubs in, all by itself. I don't know what that horse is doing. This is entirely on your behalf, right? There's nothing like any trace of anything. We can talk about how little it was or whatever, but you're in charge. The horse is not picking its food. So, big. It's I like that detention a lot. <laughs> I love that you said you're in charge, and we know that it's a piss test, so it's like you're in charge. Anyway, uh, Mr. Ainsworth, um, uh, I, I believe that I outnumber you in terms of detention, so I'm going to throw in my next detention, which it's not to Tony Ferguson for losing. It's just to Tony Ferguson and the entirety of the situation. So yesterday, UFC has a pay-per-view. Tony Ferguson fights Benil Darnish. Uh, he loses the fight by decision. It's now his third consecutive loss. Understand this, Mr. Ainsworth. Once upon a time, Tony Ferguson was the interim lightweight champion in the UFC. He was just waiting to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov, which would have been a huge payday, even if he would have lost the fight. But obviously, he goes into that thinking he could win, just basically prepping. On five separate occasions, they tried to make the fight between Khabib and Tony Ferguson happen, and it never happened. Between injuries and global pandemics, I actually wrote an article about this. Check out the whole uh, catalog of Belly Up articles as well. Um, <laughs> and so it's just he's lost three fights in a row. There's no logical next fight for Tony Ferguson either. I have no idea where his career goes from here. I believe that he's 30. I mean, he's in his mid to upper 30s. He might be 35 or 37 years old. So, like, I have no idea what happens from here for him. And it's just sad because he was he was on the precipice. And it just didn't happen for him. So, just attention to the situation around Tony Ferguson. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, how about your detention, sir? Okay, so my detention here is, it kind of goes back to a thesis we did last week, I believe, about the idea of investing in women's sports. And it's trying to find ways to watch opening weekend of WNBA basketball. <laughs> putting the Dallas Wings versus the L.A. Sparks on Facebook Live in the middle of the night in Texas was not the way to go, WNBA. <laughs> My petition is the WNBA for not for a 
the weekend of basketball. It was a great, or is currently, because I guess it's Sunday morning still. It is, yeah, has absolutely. been a great weekend of basketball. But putting that game on Facebook, like, what else was being televised on all of your other, like, put that on any of your other numerous outlets, including they used NBA TV very well. We even got Storm Aces on ABC on uh, Saturday afternoon. Like, that was another great game, by the way. Brianna we got a doubleheader, by the way, because then we got uh, the Mercury playing as well. They, I, So we, it was awesome. The, but why are you putting my Dallas Wings on in the middle of the night on Facebook Live? Like I want to watch it on my television. I want to watch it on the big screen. Like, I want to be able to watch these games. And so detention to the WNBA for not putting that on any of the other outlets. Hey, listen, I, we, we, I don't know how to feel about that detention because it's like the WNBA is doing the best with their media partners, and they are kind of on the forefront of utilizing these streaming services. And so Facebook Live is one of those. Like, I don't like I understand personally why that hurts, uh, especially because I could watch my New York Liberty game on television. But then I'm like, um, yeah, they're kind of trying to break new ground here. I don't know. Um, but I, I – so – I might not agree, but I understand. But Enrique <laughs> went off. Enrique went. Enrique went off, and I had to like try and watch it on my phone. Anyway, anyway. listen, she didn't go to Kentucky. Agumba Wale. Do you remember that shot she hit against when she was with Notre Dame to win the national championship a few years? Yeah. Like, anyway, uh, and I have some connections to Dallas Wings. We'll do that off pod, maybe. Um, my <laughs> my my final detention, Mr. Ainsworth, is just the situation around Colt Brennan. Uh, Colt Brennan, rest in peace. He uh, passed away, thirty-seven years old. If you are like, how do, why do I know that name? Colt Brennan was the quarterback at the University of Hawaii when Hawaii got really good a few years ago under June Jones. Um, they ended up playing, I think, Georgia one year in a bowl game, and it, that did not work out so well, uh, SEC, SEC. But Colt Brennan was in the NFL. I remember him uh, playing games with the Washington football team. And so um, what he was 37 years old. He ended up getting into issues with drugs. Um, his father said he was actually like looking for a rehab facility the day before that he died and the rehab facility was filled unfortunately and so he couldn't get a spot and then he ended up taking uh tainted drugs and ended up dying and so um just an incredibly sad situation for someone who i totally remember like highlights of him as a quarterback and it's a reminder that these guys are human beings right and so um just detention and we we have some connections to folks who coached colt at the university of hawaii and so it's just a sad situation all around yeah there's i mean there's no no like funny or jokey spin on this right there's just that's just unfortunate he was not very old right as someone who just turned 30 hearing someone 37 like that's just that's not that old um and we all watched him like we all watched the late night hawaii game on a saturday night because that was what was on right he was exciting he was fun uh had some spunk to him and it you know it wish we'd found help sooner yeah that, that's all there is to it absolutely um tough transition but let's transition because we have a podcast and we're going to be talking NHL playoffs, we scour the earth for the best hockey experts. And we got Ryan McCarthy. So um, we, we, I think we got a pretty solid hockey expert to talk us through the NHL playoffs. So, uh, Mr. Ainsworth, we're going to be students this week. Um, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready to go back to school and be a student, sir? I got my notebook. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. Effing <laughs> <laughs> sports fam, we are talking hockey. We have... <laughs> Ryan McCarthy. This week, Ryan's going to be our teacher. 
Parker and I are going to be the students. And we know that the best <laughs> teachers are lifelong learners, Parker. So, Ryan, exactly. welcome. Thank you so much. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning, sir? All right, class. I expect every each and every one of you to best, be on your best behavior or you're all getting detention. <laughs> <laughs> Penalty so, box, you go. <laughs> so now Parker's going to get me detention. I understand. Okay. <laughs> so now I understand. That would be how school went for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so before... We hit the record button. We were having a conversation because I was saying to Ryan that from a hockey standpoint, like I grew up in New York City. I grew up watching the Rangers, rooting for them. I watch them when they're on television, but I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world. And I was saying, I was joking because I was like, Parker grew up in Houston and Austin and these places that don't have hockey teams, right? And so, um, and then we started having a conversation about the Houston Arrows. And then Ryan was telling us a little bit about the Arrows history. Ryan, you want to tell us what we could find on YouTube, sir? Well, you can find on YouTube uh, Game 7 of the WHA Avco Cup Final uh, that Houston, I believe Houston won. Uh, it was the final game, WHA game ever in, in history. That's awesome. Do you think they banged trash cans or do you think it was legit? I'm just <laughs> Come on. <laughs> too, soon, too soon. Too <laughs> soon. Oh, right. You should listen to this podcast. It's always too soon. Um, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, Parker, what were you saying? Because I, I said the Toyota Center, right, which is where the Rockets play. I mean, this is a big arena. Houston is one of the largest markets in American sport. So it would seem to make sense that you wouldn't have to have a WHA team. It would seem like the NHL could strategically relocate there, no? Yeah, so there's a couple different like Twitter movements. There's at Arrows NHL, um, which is interesting because they never play in the NHL. And then there's at NHL to Houston. Um, and they're both like pushing to get an NHL team in the city of Houston because it is, like you said, the fourth biggest city in America, and it has the Toyota Center. The biggest like spark to this has been since Tomo Fertitta bought the team a couple years ago, while he's done plenty of bad things with the Rockets, he has not closed the door to having an NHL team. And as the owner of the Rockets, he also owns the Toyota Center. And so um, it, there's a real like movement there to like, oh, if it's not closed door, like, and they really are expanding the league at some point. Like we just saw Seattle had a team, right? Uh, how how could you do that in Houston? I think that the interesting thing is is that it would like fit this like great Dallas Houston rivalry that there already is built in. Like there's already a cross state rival that we don't like each other in baseball, we don't like each other in basketball, and we don't like each other in football. And they don't play each other in football very often, I guess. And so there like already is built in there where like I don't know that every new market would have that. And between the fact that most Houston fans don't like Tillman Fertitta, you got all kinds of rivalries already built in. <laughs> so this would be awesome. So uh, this week, we are going to get some NHL playoff lessons from our friend Ryan McCarthy. The NHL playoffs are literally right around the corner, I believe. We're recording on a Sunday morning. Ryan, are the first games this evening or are they tomorrow? No, we've already had one playoff game yesterday. Uh, the Capitals beat the Bruins in overtime, 3-2. So it's already gone underway. <laughs> I'm wondering how Slapshot Sweethearts took that. Because I, <laughs> I, I know there's some fandoms in there that are uh, pretty close. Uh, so, so what we're going to do, Ryan, this is Parker and I's opportunity to ask questions so that we can become better hockey fans so that we can pay attention to the playoffs and actually know what's going on. So uh, our first question, Ryan, um, 
who are the teams that we should be paying attention to? Like, who? I, I'm a Rangers fan. The Rangers didn't make it. We couldn't beat Buffalo at the end of the season, so we didn't deserve to be in it. Um, I did grow up rooting for the Islanders, so I guess I could pick them. I also kind of latched on to the Las Vegas Knights because they went on that run a couple years ago, went to the Stanley Cup final in their first mm -hmm. year. Who are the teams that we should be paying attention to, Ryan? All right. I have four teams you should be paying attention to. They're each in different divisions so in the east i've got the islanders as shaka as you mentioned they came close to advancing to the cup final last season uh they fell to the lightning in six games in the eastern conference final uh, they added some pieces near the trade deadline for depth i should know because they got them from my new jersey doubles which is fine <laughs> which is fine because i guess it's draft picks but that's okay uh, uh I'm, I'm, uh, that's one team i'm rooting for because uh, kyle palmieri and travis zajac they're the longest two tenured Devils to not win a Stanley Cup. I'm rooting for them to go to the Cup final and win the win the Cup this year. Uh, Barry Trotz, he's a master tactician. He can match up any defensive his best defensive forward with your best offensive forward, and he'll get the he'll get the edge every time. So I think the Islanders you should definitely watch. They got a really good intriguing matchup with Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they matches up with Stilly, Sidney Crosby and uh, Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, Pittsburgh has a Central. bunch of names that we know, too. Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, we know Sid the Kid. We know Malkin. They've got yep. cups, right? And so it's they've the— They've got plenty of cups. Mm -hmm. Those are names I know, so I think they're fairly big names. <laughs> <laughs> I should tell you something from, from Parker. Uh... <laughs> I bet you were talking about the Central Division before I interrupted you. Yeah. The Central Division, uh, Tampa Bay— they're defending, they're defending Stanley Cup champion. They battled through some injuries in the regular season, especially Nikita Kucherov. He was out for the entire regular season. He had hip surgery in December and decided to miss the entire season this season. But the Lightning, they're stacked top to bottom. They're a very good team, especially defensively and between the pipes. They have the, the, the they have a Vesna contender in uh, uh, Vasilevsky, Andres Vasilevsky, uh, Victor Hedman's always in the conversation for Norris Trophy, so that's going to be a good team to watch. Let me ask, Ryan, are those your picks for those awards? Because, like, I so I have, um, you know, if I want to get my hockey knowledge, I go to Sportsnet. So I'm on Sportsnet's website, <laughs> um, and they have – so this was their kind of predictions at the mid-year point. They have Vasilevsky in a landslide winning the Vesna. They have Victor Hedman taking the Norris – are those your picks for those awards? It would seem like Vasilevsky, if he was in a landslide at mid-year and he did not get injured and Tampa's still good, that he's probably got the Vesna. But what about Hedman in terms of the Norris? I'm just curious as to your thoughts there. Yeah, I think Hedman's going to win the Norris this season. He's been one of the best. He's probably far and away the best defensive player in the NHL right now. Best defenseman in the NHL. And I used to live in that Tampa area, so I know that uh, – the Lightning definitely have great squads, and they've got they've got some cups too. So definitely yep. some veteran experience. Absolutely. Uh, who else should we be looking at, Ryan? All right, in the North Scotia North Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They went wire to wire in the North Division this year. They added some grit and scoring before the trade deadline. And Nick Foligno. The big question will be their goaltending. Their goaltending has had injury issues all season long. Uh, Frederick Anderson has been injured. Jack Campbell, he went on a, a winning streak in March. I think he had uh, at one point 11 wins in a row, but he was playing hurt the entire time. And they picked up David Riddich from Calgary during the trade deadline uh, to add some depth, but even he's been kind of shaky. So that's going to be the biggest question with the Maple Leafs, but I expect him to get out of the North Division round. 
And if the Leafs went on a run, that would be a huge deal. They are, I believe they're still the team with the longest drought in terms of winning a Stanley Cup. And obviously, anytime the Cup can go up to Canada, that's going to be huge. But if the Cup went to the yep. Leafs, that would be amazing. <laughs> now, they obviously, they're going to need a goalie to stand on their head, right? I mean, if, uh, if they have yeah. had kind of some uh, uh, just not consistent goaltending, they're going to need someone to kind of step up, which has happened before. We've seen this happen in the NHL playoffs. Oh, yeah. So it's not out of the question. Ryan, one more division. Talk to me. Who do we need to watch out for? As you mentioned, Shaka, the Vegas Golden Knights. Hey! There you go. (laughs) So they're in their fourth year in the league, and they're already in their fourth consecutive appearance in the playoffs. (laughs) And last year they got to the conference final. They lost to Dallas in six. But they're playing in the toughest divisional bracket. They got Minnesota in the first round. Minnesota is very good. They're very fast. They've got okay goaltending. But after that, you probably have to face Colorado, and Colorado won the President's Trophy this year, so that's going to be a that's, that's going to be a the, the Golden Knights are going to be a very interesting team to watch in the coming out of the West. So it's interesting because if Colorado wins the President's Trophy, and for those of us who are not huge hockey heads, President's Trophy means you scored the most points. You're essentially the one seed. You're the one seed right. overall. Yep. So yep. why not? Why Vegas over Colorado? Is it solely that playoff experience, or is there something you don't like about the Avalanche? I, I think it's, it's going to come down to whether or not one of those teams can, can can steal a game from home. Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota. I believe they all had over twenty wins at home this year, oh, which wow. is outstanding. This is an incredible home record for each of each team. So if one of those teams can score a win at home, uh, away from away from home. That could be a game changer in their series. So Parker, something that's curious. I'm looking now. I'm on the NHL's website. I'm looking at the divisions for the playoffs. So Parker, I don't know if you're familiar with this, and I <laughs> I think that this might be new. The divisions in the playoffs are sponsored. It is the Mass Mutual East Division. It is the Discover Card Central Division. It is the Scotiabank North Division. It is the Honda West Division. This feels like a missed opportunity by everyone else. If I didn't even realize you could sponsor the divisions <laughs> in the playoffs. Parker, I say that to you. How do you feel about that? I think Scotia North Division is very aptly named. <laughs> I think, uh, Ryan, I, I do have a question as, while we're sitting here looking at an important teams, though. So I live in Dallas currently, and the run Dallas made last, I guess technically it was fall, right? Um, but it, that was really exciting here in Dallas because I think it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, right? They finished third yep. in the Central Division last year in the weird hockey season that was, and then pushed forward for this great playoff run, got all the way to the Stanley Cup Final, came up a little short in the final. Um, again, I'm not a big Dallas Stars fan, but I do live in Dallas, and that was exciting here. Are there teams like that that you see that maybe didn't have the most stellar season, but you could see making a deep run as we look at the playoff bracket? Winnipeg is one of those teams. Uh, they had, they were, they were contending with Edmonton and Toronto up until March, and all of a sudden April comes along and the bottom falls out. Injuries come and just wreck their team. The rescheduling of uh, after uh, Vancouver had their COVID outbreak on their team. Same with Montreal. It messed with their schedules a little bit. Uh, but if Winnipeg can get some key pieces back in time, 
I think they might have a chance to make a very, a very they're, they're dark horse to come out of the North Division. The other team I'm having, I, I have an eye on, is Nashville. Nashville got off to a slow start, and all of a sudden March comes along, they get hot at the right time, and they've got the most momentum coming into the Central Division playoff, and they're playing Carolina. So I think Nashville has a, has a chance to be a dark horse team coming out of the Central. Two things there. So number one, I love the fact that the Jets might win something because I root for the New York Jets and that never <laughs> happens. Um, <laughs> shout out Tay Mussolini. I got, I got a little bit of hockey knowledge. Um, the, the, the other thing is, is it a coincidence that I took my spring break vacation in Nashville and all of a sudden they went on a run afterward? I think not. Um, mm. <laughs> hey, mm. listen, Nashville Predators fans, you're welcome. Um, so <laughs> I'm hearing is I need to get you on a flight to Houston real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, my next question, I want to talk about players because for me, someone who's not, you know, a hockey head and kind of enthralled, it's these names, right, that that mm -hmm. I remember. I remember a Sidney Crosby, right? Like that name stands out for me. And of course, yep. you know, I could bring up names from the past. I mean, and there's the obvious like Gretzky and Lemieux, but even, you know, names yep. like Eric Lindros, like I threw out Tay Mussolini, you know, growing up in New York, Mark Messier. Mm-hmm. So players that we should be paying attention to, and we know that this has to start with uh, Connor McDavid. Like I saw the comparison of of McDavid to like the all time greats, and now Edmonton's in the playoffs. Talk to me about the players who we should be paying attention to, and maybe start with Connor McDavid. Yeah, that that was my first guy on my list, Connor McDavid, our <laughs> trophy winner. He scored the most points in the NHL this year. So it's goals and assists combined. He scored 106 points in 56 games. That's on pace for at least 150 points in the regular in a regular season. But he has kind of a sketchy playoff history in that the Oilers haven't made it out of the conference semifinal round since he became an Oiler back in 2011, 2012. I can't remember when he came into the league. Uh but he's definitely one player to keep your eye on. He's arguably the best player, best hockey player in the world. Pittsburgh Penguins fans can argue me with me on that, Sidney Crosby. But <laughs> in terms of explosiveness, speed, scoring ability, McDavid's the best. Well, and I think it's interesting as I look at, I'm on HockeyReference.com doing my homework here, Teach. And what I'm looking at is Connor <laughs> McDavid has 21 more points than the guy in second, who is his yep. teammate. And then his teammate in second has 15 more points than the guy in third. So, like, there's a big yeah. gap between these two Edmondson guys so hold on, and the hold whole on. rest of the league. Before we move on, Parker, who is his teammate? I'm just curious if you keep saying his teammate because it's one of these European names the, that you can't these pronounce. Last names. Yeah, I want to hear Parker pronounce his name. Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> close. Close? close? Well, it's Dreisaitl. Dry side. Ah, that was close. That was hey, close. You, got, you got the Leon part, so there we go. <laughs> e for effort. E for effort. <laughs> uh, incidentally, uh, talk to me about Alex Ovechkin because, like, a couple years ago he wins his cup. This is a name that I know. I mean, he scores goals the way that most of us breathe. But uh, <laughs> when you talk about the best players in the world, you didn't mention Ovi. So I'm just curious, is that is that an implicit bias thing, teacher, or is that Alex Ovechkin's falling off in your mind? No, I I just think everybody knows who Alex Ovechkin is. We all know I, I, he's he came into the league the same time as Sidney Crosby. So those two are kind of linked together in a way that I would say in basketball, 
Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are linked together. Everybody knows who Ovechkin. People, even the most, even the most novice of of NHL of of hockey fans knows who Alex Ovechkin is. Yeah, aka so. us. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, other. Folks, who we should watch for. So we talked about McDavid. I got you to talk about yep. Ov. We talked about Sid the Kid. <laughs> who else should we be thinking about? All right, uh, two more. I'm going to start out three more names. First name is Mark Andre Fleury, the Flower. Hey. He's uh, the backstop for the Golden Knights. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he's he's nearing the twilight of his career, but he's also doesn't show signs of slowing down. Uh, I just I'm kind of curious to see if he can backstop the Golden Knights to their first Stanley Cup. He almost did it in 2018. 2018, uh, but I want to see if he can do it now. Uh, he's got Robin Lehner behind him, uh, nipping at his heels, but Fleury's been the better goaltender this year. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, I mentioned him earlier. He spent mo- the majority of the season recovering from hip surgery, but now he's back in the lineup for the first round against Florida. And Austin Matthews, American born and bred, <laughs> Austin <Absolutely>. Matthews. <laughs> he's the Maurice Richard Trophy winner. He scored 41 goals this season. However, the Maple Leafs haven't made it out of the first round of the playoffs since the 2000s. <laughs> so it'll be, I, I'm kind of curious to see, I, I would, if I'm a novice hockey fan, I'm paying attention to that name. He's probably going to be on the Olympic team in 2022. He's a guy I'm watching out for. I'm th- I think, I also think that ESPN is going to try to capitalize on his, on his name. <laughs> now that ESPN is going to be the main broadcaster of the NHL in, uh, in the States for the next seven seasons. Uh, incidentally, the song Blame Canada from the South Park movie popped into my head. You were, t- <laughs> you were talking about Austin Matthews, and I'm like, if Austin Matthews as the American goes there and wets the bed in Toronto, they're going to blame America. Like uh, Austin, <laughs> course, yeah. Austin Matthews, I mean, listen, it'll take a little while because he's a young guy too. But I, if he doesn't kind of turn this thing around and maybe get out of the first round of players or even help Toronto to get on a run, I could totally see, you know, in a few years, like his name coming up as someone who maybe didn't live up to expectations. And am I crazy, Ryan? Did I hear about Austin Matthews maybe even making some rumblings to try to get out of Toronto? Or is that something that I'm making up? That might be something you're making up. <laughs> Toronto is known for this. They're like the New York City of, of, of Canada. Like <laughs> news, hockey news is huge in, in, in Canada, period. So I think that's just something that people are making up just to make noise or make news. It's crazy no worries talk i I love that the new york of canada so basically james dolan owns the maple leaf somehow um let's not go too crazy Uh, no Uh, no 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 don't please don't get me on a rant on james dolan (laughs) parker's not even ready for the dolan rant um what another question ryan and then i'll shut up parker maybe let you follow up i'm curious (laughs) the stories that we should be paying attention to. So again, normally, you know, those stories can be around individual players, but maybe there are some other stories that we should be paying attention to, especially like in this COVID year. I don't know what the fan situation is even going to be like in these arenas. Ryan, what are some of the stories that as a novice hockey fan, I should be paying attention to as I watch these NHL playoffs? All right, the first one in my mind, and Chaka, you you touched on this earlier, can the Maple Leafs finally break their cup drought? Their last Stanley Cup was before probably any of us were born in 1967. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Toronto is is clamoring for a cup win. 
But here's a more interesting subplot. Joe Thornton has been in the league for over 20 years. Started in Boston, got traded to San Jose, signed with Toronto as a free agent before the season. He's playing on the fourth line with Jason Spezza and Wayne Simmons. If this is Joe Thornton's last season, can he go out a winner? Especially with this team like this. And Toronto, like I said, they went wire to wire this year in the North Division. I'd be curious to see if they go far in the Stanley Cup to the Stanley Cup final. If they win a Stanley Cup, they'll be held as gods in that city. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome for Thornton to get the Stanley Cup too. Like I'm thinking back to Ray Bork having to leave Boston to yep. go to Colorado to get his cup. He should have been a New Jersey Devil that season. They would have won the Stanley <laughs> Cup if Bork went to the Devils. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play that boring neutral zone trap. Um, anyway, no, let me not mess whoa, with Brian because whoa, whoa, I'm not whoa. deep enough in my hockey knowledge <laughs> to be messing around. Let me not be throwing stuff like that out there. Um, it, it's crazy because I think I remember Joe Thornton playing in Boston when I was in high school. Yep. I am now 41 yeah. years old. Like, is, that, yeah. that's crazy. What's funny is I know his name as a novice hockey fan because my college roommate was from Northern California and was a big Sharks guy. And, like, he had a Thornton jersey. Nice. Like, that was like we were wore around school. Uh, what other stories, Ryan? Are there other stories that we should be paying attention to? Yeah. The other stories, that as, whether or not Timber Bay can repeat as Stanley Cup champion, the last repeat cup winner was Pittsburgh in 2016 and 17. Uh, winning one Stanley Cup is difficult. Winning consecutive Stanley, Stanley Cups, it's even more difficult, and especially the, through the adversity, some of the, the, the lightning have been through this season with all their injuries. Now they get one of their best players coming back to join the team just in time for the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not they repeat as Stanley Cup champion. It's interesting in hockey because what I look at here is a bunch of statistics because you watch a lot more hockey than any of the rest of us, obviously, Ryan. Um, and... <laughs> The statistic just of points, like which is assists and goals put together, like you said, I think is like this very cool way to look at how you create scoring opportunities, right? Because those are two ways that you either directly impact the scoring. When I ask you about who should be the NHL MVP, as a novice, I'm like, well, it's got to be Connor McDavid leading the league in points, like I said earlier, by so many points, right? But that's not all it is, right? So, Ryan, talk us through what who do you think is the MVP at the end of the season? And what kind of things go into that in the NHL? I think I think it's Connor McDavid, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Parker. It's Connor McDavid. He's the most valuable player to his team. He's been unstoppable this year. And as you mentioned, he scored 21 more points than the next closest player, which is his teammate. <laughs> so, again, as I mentioned, he's arguably the best player in the world right now. He lights up the highlights. You'll see him on a highlight reel pretty much every single game he plays. And... It just, he's, he's exciting, but he's also a team leader as well. Uh, I think leadership is one of those qualities that's kind of intangible, that's very viable to a team. And he's been a le- he's not only stepped up in scoring, but he's also been a leader in the locker room this year too. So I think I think the 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 at the end of the day, uh, Connor McDavid will be the M- league's MVP at the end of the year. Are there any others you see receiving votes? Like the way in the NBA, like you vote a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and the NFL, you vote a first, second, and like that you accumulate points based on where you finish in the people's ballots. Are there going to be any others that receive a lot of points in this kind of, in in the NHL's MVP award? And can I jump in and ask a follow up too? Because I'm curious about Vasilevsky and the goal. Can a goalie ever win the Hart Trophy? So as you think about those other folks, like is Vasilevsky even a part of that? I think he could be. I believe there's been 
Hart Trophy winners who have been goaltenders in the past, too. I'm looking up right now, actually. <laughs> hey, we make the teacher do some research. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and not to hijack the yeah, question. Dominic Hasek was the last one to win the Hart Memorial Trophy <laughs> as okay, a goaltender. That, yeah, and that's a name that I know, which only tells me that that was a long time ago. And he's actually the, the only two-time winner of the uh, Hart Memorial Trophy as a goaltender. The Dominator. Incidentally, someone on Twitter was talking about... Um, the goalie for the Sabres now, Ryan, is it Ryan Murphy? Am I making that name up? Um, no, he used to, Ryan Miller used to play a, a, in Buffalo, but some, he's, he, he's retired this yeah, year some, in some, Someone was saying that, like, he was the best goalie in Sabres history, and I was like, you are a nut job. Like, no. uh, you, I know enough about <laughs> NHL Twitter to jump in there and be like, you, you're forgetting Dominic Hasek? Anyway, um, not to, yes, let's, not, let's, let's not hijack <laughs> this one. Um who else, uh, who else, Mr. McCarty, should we be looking at in terms of the Hart Trophy? Who else is going to get votes? I think Austin Matthews is going to get votes. Uh, again, just, be, just based on he's, he, his team went wire to wire in the in the North Division this year. Plus, he scored the most goals in the NHL this year. He certainly stepped up as in his leadership in the locker room. Even though he's a younger guy, uh, he stepped up his, his game. Uh, other names I'd say out there, and people are going to hate me for this, Brad Marchand from the Boston <laughs> Bruins. <laughs> he might get some consideration as, as a Hart Trophy winner. But I think it, far and away, Connor McDavid's going to be the Hart Trophy winner this year. The only way you can get real hate is if you threw, like, Tom Wilson out there. You're okay. I think you're okay. You're throwing <laughs> oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Um, I don't want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> What about the other kind of uh, major awards? I think we we talked about the Norris and the Vesna already. I'm thinking Coach of the Year. I'm thinking Rookie of the Year. You got some names that we need to pay attention to once the award season rolls around for Coach of the Year and Rookie of the Year? There are a few coach coaches look out there for the Jack Adams Award, which is the which is for the top, the top coach. Uh, I've got four names. Uh, Sheldon Keefe in Toronto. He has helped make this team into a winner this year, which is kind of uncommon for Toronto. <laughs> uh, in Florida, Joel Quenville, the stash, the mustache, that classic mustache. He helped he helped uh, uh, Chicago win three Stanley Cups as a, as a Blackhawks coach, and now he might do the same thing with, with Florida. Uh, he certainly deserves some consideration. John Hines, who was basically ran out of New Jersey on a, on a, <laughs> on a log, he has somehow helped. His system so, somehow works with Nashville now. And he and, and again Nashville started the season very 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 slow, and all of a sudden April March April comes along, and Shaka you can take all the credit in the world for going down there <laughs> and, and, and helping Nashville, but he, I think he deserves some consideration as as Jack Adams Awards winner, and Jared Bod Bednar from Colorado uh, definitely deserves some consideration for Jack Adams Award. No, your boy was definitely in Bridgestone Arena. So, like, I don't know what good vibes I left, but I know I left some. Okay, I want to talk about the Calder Trophy, which is the Rookie of the Year trophy. I want to know who's the favorite. And if you don't say uh, Igor Shesterkin, tell me why you're biased against the Rangers. Because I'm a Devils fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, in all seriousness, I, I think the Calder Memorial Trophy will go to Kirill Kaprizov from Minnesota. He led the Wild in points, led them in goals, led them in power play goals, and I think at one point he led them in game-winning goals. And he, for so many years, the, the Minnesota Wild have been known as a boring team to watch. From Jacques Lemaire to Mike Yo, uh, now we've got Dean Evason as their head coach. 
who I think, who, again, I forgot to mention him as like as a Jack Adams Awards candidate, too. <laughs> but Kirill Kaprizov, he's made the Wild less boring to watch. He's a very exciting player to watch. He scored a lot of highlight goals this year. I think he's definitely going to be uh, in consideration for, if not the Calder Memorial winner as Rookie of the Year. And he's like 40 years old, so I guess we count that as rookie, right? Is it? No, I'm legit. Isn't he, <laughs> isn't he old? Like, I, I, I remember reading a story about uh, Kaprasov maybe being a little older than some other rookies. Is that No, is I that think legit? you're thinking of um, Mika Kiprasov from the Flames, the goaltender for the Flames for so many years. It sounds, <laughs> his names sound alike. The names do sound alike, incidentally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious now. We've talked quite a bit we've been all over the map who you got winning the stanley cup who's what's the finals matchup going to be who do you have taking the cup this year wow this is a tough question i've only <laughs> just made my first round predictions predictions for the who's going to be coming out of the first round i think tampa is going to be one of those teams and i think toronto might be one of those teams oh hey that would tampa be a big and toronto and i think I think Tampa wins in seven. I'm going to break a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs hearts with this prediction, but I think Tampa, they're so, I think the playoff experience of being swept in 2019 and then winning the whole thing in 2020, that's kind of catapulted them to a new level. And I think Tampa Bay has the chops to go back and win again. So I think Tampa Bay is going to take the Stanley Cup and they'll play Toronto and they'll break Toronto Maple Leafs hearts. Okay, so if Tampa takes it home, who's going to be the MVP then? Are you saying that this is Vasilevsky's playoff, essentially, and he's going to be that dude? Could it be a headman who really kind of controls the flow of the game as a defenseman? Um, who's going to be the MVP if Tampa takes it home? Well, Hedman won last year's Vezina Trophy as the as the playoff MVP. I think Vasilevsky, if he gets hot, he can definitely be one of those players who can, who, who can be a Vezina contender. Uh, Braden Point is one guy to watch for. He's their, He was their leading point scorer this year. Same with Andre Palat. Victor Hedman's definitely in the conversation. And my guy, uh, Pickles, Blake Coleman. I, he scored the game <laughs> winning. He scored the cup winner last year. I think he could step up and possibly be a Vezina candidate as well. Okay, please explain Pickles to me because uh, yeah, Pickles... I was going to ask about that too. <laughs> no, I mean, well, listen, Pickles have come up quite a bit on this podcast. We can talk about that maybe another time. But um, why, why is he Pickles? Because he would drink pickle juice before, during, and after the game for electrolytes. He's a Texas guy. He's we a did Texas that. Guy, no, Parker. so you for, for real, um, I don't know. So Shaka coaching text for a long time, but that's a like Texas high school football folklore. I don't know if he's got any football in his background. But that's like. You drink it before the game for the sodium and stuff. No, that's a legit yeah, for the, deal. For electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually got his own brand. I think he's got his own uh, sports drink brand. It's like pickle juice. It's called, I think it's called pickles. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking this one up. I'm doing this right now. <laughs> Give us a couple of things that as a novice, we should be looking at in the playoff games to make sure that we kind of have a good understanding of what's going on in terms of game flow like what is it that the novice hockey viewer should watch as we're taking in the playoff game to understand like who's controlling the game how the game should go okay so the first thing as a novice hockey fan don't expect a lot of fighting 
hockey's known <laughs> for fighting. But as you, especially as you get into the later rounds, don't expect a lot of fighting because if you're in a seven game series, every game is crucial. And a penalty at the wrong time uh, could cost them a win, could cost them a series. So I think the last and one of the most uh, notable fights I've, I've, I've seen in the Stanley Cup final was Jerome McGinley and Vince LeCavalier back in 2004. That was the last time I think I've seen a Stanley Cup final fight. <laughs> Those are names that I know, too, so that tells me that it was definitely a while ago. <laughs> uh, and Ginla, shout out. I got my fist up in the air. That's my brother from another mother. Good guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what else should we be looking at, Ryan? All right, so one thing to look out for, expect a lot of non-calls from the referees. Unless something, something obvious, like Tom Wilson taking a stick and putting it between somebody's junk. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Don't expect a lot of calls from referees. The referees tend to let a lot of things go in the playoffs, and they want to let the players play. Keep the keep the game flow going. Incidentally, it is not above Tom Wilson to take his stick and put it between someone's junk. Yeah, so just- I, I'm relatively <laughs> new to this, and I knew that. Like- no, he scored two points last night, incidentally. So, <laughs> Oh, wow, this dude scores points, too. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's better he's, than... He's your traditional power forward from like if he played in the 90s he would be a star <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's no udonis haslam the saints worth I, I know that's a reference that you'll understand <laughs> well and what's funny to me there is that like does that mean it seems like to me the nhl has these goons of sorts right like does that mean some of those guys just play less because they're like you're not going to see the big fighting or they still get the same ice time i mean it's tough to tom call tom wilson a goon because he's so valuable to the capital somehow i would consider him more <laughs> of a pest Somehow. Yeah, I would consider him more of a pest. Like, he's the guy who gets under your skin. He gets your best player to try to react in a way that they usually don't react. And the Caps are better off for it. So I'd call, I'd call him more as a pest or giant pest because he's a big dude. <laughs> kind of like the Brad, kind of like Brad Marchand is the same way for Boston. So I would, I would but back in the day, like, he'd be, maybe qualify as a goon, but... Uh, these days, I think he's more of a pest, a giant pest. <laughs> That's funny because you call him a pest and I call him a scumbag rat bastard, but I'm a Rangers fan, <laughs> so what do I know? <laughs> Shock, I think he just well, got his well, attention. As a Rangers fan, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're a hockey novice and you're watching these playoff games, expect overtime. Uh, there are no sh- In the regular season, you have a five-minute overtime, three-on-three. Three. If that's not decided, you go to a shootout, which is skills competition. No, But... In playoff hockey, it's five on five. You play to the last goal scored. And if you're watching a game that goes into multiple overtime, like last year we had a five overtime game uh, in game one between Tampa Bay and Columbus. So if you're watching a game that goes to multiple overtimes, you should probably consider getting ex- getting an extra shot of espresso or a second cup of coffee the next morning at work. <laughs> <laughs> My last question of the day is maybe it's because I'm on Twitter a lot or whatever the case may be, but I like a good hot take. Can you tell us what is your hottest take going into the NHL playoff? All right. My hottest take is the first is in the first round. I have the Islanders beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in seven Ooh. games. Ooh, okay. You, you, okay. Are, you are not allowed in Pittsburgh anymore, sir. Go get that cup of coffee out there. They're going to drown you in all three of them rivers. You must be crazy. Um, what is it about What What is it about Pittsburgh that you don't like? Or maybe more I should ask, what is it about the Islanders that you do? I just like the fact that Barry Trotz gets to match up his best player, his best defensive players against the, against Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. The one thing I have a big worry about is Pittsburgh's speed. They're one of the speedier teams in the playoffs. 
But I just think the Islanders have, top to bottom, they have one of the more complete lineups in the league. And from from forward to defenseman to goaltender. And they have not one, but two very good goaltenders. So if one falters, the other one picks it up, picks up their game. So I think this this series is going to go seven games. I just I just see it happening, going seven games, uh, and you know I think the Islanders will will just I think they have enough to, and to take Pittsburgh to seven and win the series, uh, just based on I think uh, I think the Islanders have better coaching in Barry Trotz. He just knows okay. how to match things up. So my last thing here, Ryan, is going to let you tell people where to find you. Although maybe you don't want people in Sp- Pittsburgh to find you, right? Now, but where can people find Whatever. you? <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my social media account, my for Twitter, it's at who is Ryan MCC. That's my personal Twitter account. I've also got my my podcast, uh, which is no credentials required. Uh, we're focusing more. I'm focusing more on the Albany, New York sports market, but I'm going to do a, a national sports uh, thing on Friday nights, doing it live uh, in in mid June. So maybe by then we'll have we'll get into the thick of things with the hockey playoffs and talk some other sports. So my podcast is no credentials required. Go ahead and give it a listen. And that social media page is at belly up ncr awesome ryan mccarty thank you so much for coming through and teaching us teachers a thing or two about (laughs) hockey sir we appreciate you thank you so much class dismissed hey (laughs) (laughs) okay parker so the thesis statement for this commercial is james harden has the best beard in sports what do you think about that thesis statement Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, that is another edition of FN Sports. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, do you feel like hockey smarter? Do you feel more hockey savvy? (laughs) Now that Ryan has taught us everything that we need to know. So uh, put your money on the lightning and um, do not go to Pittsburgh with Ryan McCarty. Um, Mr. Hazard, <laughs> uh, before we do the social media thing, talk to us about midweek mid-range. The NBA playoffs are coming up here pretty soon as well. Yeah, the midweek mid-range is wrapping up the NBA season, the NBA regular season, I should say. Uh, we'll also be diving into a little bit of WNBA stuff this week. Last week, we had on the hardcourt honeys. Uh, Shay and Jade came on to tell us how they think, or what, what they think, I should say, about the end of the NBA's regular season. Uh, it was a great, great time. It's spent more this Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern time. That's live on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, we're still working on the other stuff. But you can find us, all those social media platforms are at Midweek Midrange. And don't be afraid to pull up. And hey, gold star to 
our hardcore honeys because we haven't given them enough gold stars. We, we, I think we talked about this. Um, so shout out to them for making it on to midweek midrange. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, you want to hit folks with your socials, sir? Uh, yeah, you can find my personal stuff online at Painsworth five one two. It's at P A I N S W O R T H five one two. All one word on twitter and instagram we also have a show twitter that's at fn sports 2 that's f-i-n-s-p-o-r-t-s number two all one word on twitter all use dash p-a shockley's dash c-c so you know which one of us you got shaka we got an instagram too absolutely check us out on instagram at f underscore n underscore sports you can find me on social media on twitter on instagram at shaka cummings at c-h-a-k-a-c-u-m-m-i-n-g-s make sure you check out all of ryan's stuff Ryan is on No Credentials Required, so check out his podcast. Um, as he said, it's kind of Albany sports focus. That being said, they're definitely going to be doing some national stuff. So if you're into hockey, check out Ryan, um, who is uh, Mr. McCarty. Check out his Twitter. Find him on social media. He's amazing. He's awesome. Friends, thank you guys for listening. Please go out, like, subscribe, share. Do all the wonderful things to help out our podcast. And please remember, when it comes to sports... Don't flip with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.